0: welcome back to the podcast it's matt and ryan here on a lovely evening here in leuven uh it's been a little while we lost the rights to renting the podcast equipment so that was a little a little uh struggle in our plan but we're back here today to discuss our trip to germany and a little bit of what's going
1: on with us recently so ryan how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i i had a long last night so um for whatever reason mm. Um, I'm starting to come back to life here. So I feel like an old man right now, but it's all right. We I'll, bounce, be, I'll be good in the morning.
0: We bounce back, we recover. So we did Germany a little differently. We were not together for most of it. Um, so following our time in Florence, which we remember from last episode, Ryan took a flight back to uh, Brussels and did a little bit of some Belgian exploration that he'll talk about. I took a an overnight bus it was like nine and a half hour bus to munich where i met rachel and ian there overall great time
1: yeah i will say so just for context this was what two weeks ago so it was Mm -hmm. probably april 11th through like the 16th ish i'd say so yeah that first day back from florence was tough 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 we get off the plane and it is the grayest of all gray mm. i had no food in like my my uh, place obviously because i had gotten rid of all of it before we went on this 10-day excursion and um, i was waiting for my friend caitlin to come visit um, she needed to go she was in florence and she was going to meet her friends in paris but she needed like a, a two-day stopover and she's friends with me and Braden. And I think a couple of others, but they weren't there. So we, us three like hung out for a couple of days, but it was, uh, it was, it was rough. Like I was eating, um, is it, is it Bonnie is the brand? Yeah. So like Bonnie, the, yeah. So Colroy is like the place we go to think of it as like a, a Costco type, not as good as Costco, but mm. so we were eating like their, think like Kirkland brand sauce and noodles for my first meal after being in Italy for 10 days. It was one of the more depressing meals i've had in a very long time but mm-hmm. i had a pretty good couple of days it was a nice reset so i got to like clean up you know shower or not shower but like <laughs> i was showering all the time i was showering all the time no i got to shave um put all my stuff in the laundry mm-hmm. kind of eat my own food for a little bit so go to the gym a couple walks and then
0: right back to munich yep so while he was here in uh in brussels my munich adventure started so Day one, I believe, I went to the Olympic Park, and the Munich metro is pretty good, so it, it did not cost that much or take that much time to get out there. Olympic parks are always fascinating because you can picture in your head, oh my goodness, some like the greatest sporting events happened right here, but now it's like a public park. Uh, this one was very green. The pool was actually open, so I we went in the aquatic center, which was nice and warm because most of my time in Germany was just gray and rainy and windy, so it was nice to be in a little warm. It was called Aqu- Aquadome. I don't know Aquatics Arena, and right next to that was the BMW Museum. So I'm not a huge car guy, um, but the BMW Museum was pretty fascinating. If you're in Munich, we def- definitely recommend an afternoon hit the Olympic Park and the BMW Museum. I uh, got to see a lot of their early engines, early cars, all the different models up until now. Some of their you know carbon neutral electronic cars and all that stuff they're working on. There was a nice little small section at the bottom where they were honest about their collaboration, coercion to collaboration with the Nazi party and their forced labor usage. It was interesting the way they presented it. I understand why it wasn't the first exhibit on the first floor, but I think maybe it could have been on a little bit better, but it was definitely interesting to see. And that was kind of a theme throughout a lot of the different things we went to because When you have a bad history that is really not that old, your current population has to grapple with it and deal with it in pretty unique ways, which we'll definitely hit on throughout the podcast. Another thing I did, there's a victuals, Victuals Market is the name of it. It was just a random market I walk into. And I had to go and I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm getting a pretzel, a bratwurst, and sauerkraut. Fantastic. It was great. did not cost that much. Followed by that, I bought a little carton of strawberries, some German strawberries, delicious, some of the best berries I've ever had. And yes, yeah, so mostly I just kind of explored Munich on my own, would highly recommend the city. And then when you dropped into town, Ryan, we went to the Bayern Munich store at first. And then we walked around the corner and there was Bayern World. Bayern World was much better. They had a ton of different merchandise. Seeing all the different soccer stores has been a lot of fun for both of us. Fortunately, they were playing Manchester City away and not at home it was definitely cool to see a whole city behind a soccer team especially one that is internationally known
1: yeah it's it's really cool how fascinated they are with their football one thing we have about living in New York that kind of isn't the best is we have almost two teams for every major sport so you don't get the united feel I think when I'm at school sometimes and it's like Sunday it's Lamar Day is what they call it for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens who just resigned who just who just resigned so Thank goodness because that would have been a sad senior year to watch him not on the, on the Ravens, but um, in New York it's everything's kind of split so Being here you really see like the the people in the city really care about one specific team. It's very very Enjoyable. I was talking to some of the students and they were just talking about how like after every game It's like life and death to them um, mm-hmm. When the win or lose like you can definitely tell it affects like the city's morale and and stuff Which is really really interesting
0: yeah, so I'm not f- sure how familiar everybody is, our audience is, with the European soccer system, but the Champions League is basically if you take all the different, the best teams in each country's league and you put them in a separate league that's complete. That's where Bayern is at the moment, or was when we were there. They face Manchester City, who is from Manchester, England. Um, so, and one of the nights that Rachel, Ian, and I went out, we went to a bar to watch the Man City Bayern game. And everybody in the bar, nobody was looking at their phone, they weren't really talking to each other that much. Everybody was just laser focused on all the TV screens. And when they went down one goal, morale kind of dwindled. Two goals, it was kind of, oh no, three goals. Everybody was very angry. Um, for us as outsiders, it was cool to see, but um, they were definitely not not too happy about that. Otherwise, in terms of Munich, we, there wasn't too, too much to see in Munich itself. I think a lot of the things we just walked by didn't necessarily go into. One of my favorite parts of our Munich journey is we took a tour to these local castles. Uh, Neustruenstein and Linderhof, I believe they're called. So we hopped on a bus early in the morning with Rachel Ian and uh, Mr. Ian Van Buren's parents, who were, it was really nice to meet them. They're they awesome. they very nice. They treated us very well too. Yeah, shout out to them. And those were incredible. So, hopped on the bus.
1: I think I fell asleep. Yeah, well, there was a picture of all three of us falling asleep in the in the back of the bus. We had the back row. Yeah. Um, it was a long drive. Uh, it was it was nice though, because like when I woke up, you just see like these. What what it wouldn't be the Alps though. No, they weren't. Uh, you would just drive through, and we're on this one road, and you're surrounded by snowy hills. Because of course it was snowing that day. Which not even hills, mountains. Yeah, mountains. It was. Annoying at first that it was snowing just because your feet were really cold and I didn't mm-hmm. have, I didn't pack necessarily correctly. So I was wearing like three shirts and then a sweater and then a, a jean jacket, which isn't the best for snow. But uh, I was really, when the sun started to come out, you got to see just the beauty of the snow on the on the mountains. And the views that you got to see from the castle was very, very impressive. But
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first castle, um, I believe it was Linderhop, but I might be incorrect. It was a little smaller. I think it's better in the summer because they have... You know, they did all the landscaping done very nice, but it was a very small uh, castle and the king who lived there, they called him like the shy king, shy king, shy king. He uh, just didn't really like too many visitors. He's kind of read and stayed in his house, which I mean kind of respect too. But like at one point they showed up his dining room and they're like, yeah, the, like, the dining room table is actually on an elevator. So it drops down and the servants put the food on it and then they raise it up. So he didn't have to interact with the servants at all. It's like, all right, dude, like
1: Yeah, shy guy.
0: No social interaction at all, I guess. But then his another one. So this was kinda it was kind of tucked away. I don't want it was definitely in the mountains. Wasn't like high up where you could see it from far away. The next one. was more one, of a
1: wouldn't you say it was more of like a palace? It was more of a palace. A, mi- a castle, mini like yeah. summer retreat than it was a castle, yeah.
0: So then I think New New Whiteshine. Whitestein? I don't know how to say it, but this was way up in the mountains. Just you kept on looking in the mountains, got higher and higher and higher and didn't really it wouldn't have really been in perspective of how big they are until you got to the ones that were just covered in snow like oh that's that's how high they are oh got it that castle inside was not fantastic but the views from it were spectacular looking down just beautiful it looked like golf course level green grass everywhere small little town at the bottom you can see the roads crisscrossing everybody looks like ants when you're that high up uh, it was just tremendous. There was a there's a little a famous bridge between the two mountains that we were not able to go on. It was closed for the day, but overall, that was pretty pretty remarkable. Well, they
1: didn't end up finishing the inside of the castle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, did did our shy guy? He just die randomly, or died suddenly, or did he just? Uh, he may some, have. I don't. I don't remember. It was something weird where I don't think he got killed, but he, he didn't like live to see it through. But if you haven't ever heard of these castles before, I'm pretty sure like all the major Disney Pixar castles are based off these like yeah. fairy tales are based off of this type of castle. So mm-hmm. the inside didn't get it complete, but in certain places where it was com- complete, it was, uh, I don't know what the word is, but it was like Germanic uh, folklore, like fairy tales and stuff, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. And it was a nice change from being in Italy where everything it
0: was Renaissance art. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it, it was
1: it was much different. Like they were making references that I just had no idea about, mm-hmm. um, but it was still very breathtaking. I mean, all the, the gold. It wasn't as ornate as some other places, but just the fact that it was so high up and the views were fantastic. Like it really looks like a little kid was like, "I want to build a castle there," and they built a castle there.
0: Yeah, because there was a third castle which we didn't. I wasn't a part of the tour. It's like a yellow castle. You could see from the big up of the mountain Einstein. Um, because that was like his, his grandpa built the castle, something like that. And as a little kid, he's like pointed at the rock. I want to build a castle there. And that's what he did. So that's pretty remarkable. I would hope to wield that power one day where I can just point and build a castle. Shy um,
1: king, shy king. Yeah, shy guy.
0: But yeah, overall, I think if you're going to do Munich, if you're going to do Germany, you have to do go on these tours. You have to at least go to the big one, New Einstein. Going both, I think, would be very smart.
1: We'll it just take the, up a whole day. Yeah, just the ride alone was very enjoyable. To just see mm-hmm. the, the topo- topography of the area. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it was Bavaria, right? So yeah, so it, just seeing that alone was fantastic. I and mean, we did
0: stop in a little town there where they had a bunch of you know cuckoo's
1: ne- uh, nests, cuckoo clocks. Sorry. Um, oh, we got a we got a hot dog on a pretzel bun, that was mm-hmm. really good. Matt almost fell out of his <sighs> chair looking at the uh, at the waitress. I have to stop the podcast right here. To the girl that
0: was working at that restaurant, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I think that in some universe out there, we're meant to be together. So, if you hear this podcast, reach out, because you were the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. I, I'm not even exaggerating; she was beautiful. Um, she was. She was good looking. In another life, you know, if if I drop off the face of the earth, you know, like witness protection. I'll go here and I'll find her. Well, now you can't go there because you just mentioned
1: where you'd go witness protection. They'd Um, find you. So you definitely uh won't be going there. I
0: just blew my shot. Uh Uh-oh. It's okay. Moving on, moving on. So then in there, anything else we did in Munich together? We hit the McDonald's in Munich because they had the McFrozen yogurt. It was mid. I have to say it was mid, but it was cheap. So shout out to them. The McPlant-based Nuggets? Did not get
1: those? No, Looked intriguing, though. I, I don't know why anyone would get those.
0: Yeah, overall, anything else in Munich Ryan, you want to touch on?
1: Well, a lot of my friends really like Munich because they have the Oktoberfest, and they also mm-hmm. have Springfest, which I think is this weekend. The, as we're recording, it's this weekend and then the next. But um, it didn't really work out for us to go, just mm-hmm. because of some of our friends are in different places, and then um, next week we're going to Amsterdam. So I think if you were able to go... Like, let's say you were studying abroad try to go to Oktoberfest. I definitely like all my friends oh, yeah. in the fall 100%. said that's like a hundred percent thing to do. And then Springfest I don't think is as popular, but it's still kind of the same same vibe. Uh no, I think we covered Munich. I will say just real quick, I don't want to backtrack, but I don't want to, you know, go farther in our adventure and then go back. When I was here, I went to Ghent real quick. So mm-hmm. I'll just describe Ghent. So uh, Ghent's another city in Belgium. I think Belgium's a place if you wanted to go visit, you wouldn't spend a lot of time in Brussels. You would spend like days in every single city, I guess mm. you would say Bruges, Antwerp, Grant, Leuven, yeah. yeah. So, um Ghent's definitely one I, I recommend. They had this old castle, so you got to see like inside the castle what it was like in the medieval times. Uh, there wasn't a lot of cars around. It was really walking based, which was really nice. I mean, I know you have to go. Uh, you haven't gone, but you you should go. Much my a bunch of my uh, classmates they went on the tr- on a school trip there. And I kind of got in trouble because I didn't go. But the reason why I didn't go is because of UFC in London. So mm-hmm. completely fine not going. Uh, and I had to like te- technically make up the credit for the class to go and that's what we did. Um, they have like these really famous candies there. I don't remember exactly what they're called because I think there's a bunch of different ways to say it or they describe it in different ways. But uh, they're like newsy, newsicles, news equals I think they call them like nose candy. So if you look at like Ghent nose candy, that what is it, like cocaine. No, no, no. They, look like an, no. they look like a nose. So it's kind of like a... you remember dots? Uh, yeah. So think of like a much, much bigger dot. And mm-hmm. then the outside is more of like a waxy taste. And then the inside is like just what a dot would be. Okay. Um, the only way I can describe it, and I when I mentioned it to the people I was with, they were like completely agreed. It's something you have and then you'd never have again. And you kind of wish you could just get it over with. But the inside tastes exactly like a double bubble bubble like you know the baseball ones that you'd have like the big yeah. bucket it tastes exactly like that but um the texture is different okay so it, it's very like it throws you off because you're expecting that to be gum so you're just chomping away on it and then this is like kind of sticky but it, it has the exact taste so if anyone wants to try one go ahead but i wouldn't say it was anything uh anything crazy and then i had a dr pepper for the, the first time in a very long time and dr peppers can be very therapeutic you're a big dr pepper guy just sometimes, you, you know, you're on social media and you see the Dr Pepper Instagram, and they're just putting some silly meme about drinking Dr Pepper, and you have to have one. Mm. That's where I was out in my life, and I got one, and it was a canned Dr Pepper. Ooh. Canned Dr Pepper is the best kind of Dr Pepper. Um, yeah, they don't have it in Lubin, but
0: whatever. It's it's the only one thing they don't have. Yeah. So while Ryan was in Ghent, we're going a little out of order, but that's okay. Um, so I'm one of my at the second day that I was in Munich, I took a solo trip to Nuremberg and I've thought a lot about how I wanted to describe Nuremberg on the podcast um and I think I've come down with a pretty good explanation so I took the train out to Nuremberg the the rail network in Germany is pretty is really nice um so I made it out there probably an hour and a half immediately just started walking around um I saw their little castle there which was okay went to a czar there I went to like the soccer store there but obviously, that was not why I went to Nuremberg. Um, there's certain places in the world, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, when you hear the name of them, the place, you associate that with an event or a movement or something bad. It's like if somebody ever said, you know, I was from Hiroshima, you can't not think about an right. atomic bomb. Right. Um, I know I, I have friends that grew up in Newtown, Connecticut, and it's a shame that whenever they say, like my one friend went to Sandy Hook Elementary, right? Anytime he says that, everybody's going to think of one of the worst days of what the early two, 2010s, right? But at the same time in a place like Newtown or Parkland Florida or Aurora California, those things happened at one location we moved, like even like the Boston Marathon just happened 10 year anniversary, right? So you hear about the Boston Marathon, you think about that, but it it's a thing that happened we healed, recover, we're stronger and moved on. Yeah, it's just like a it's like a it's an a, event in a place. It's an event in a place. When Nuremberg was not an event in a place type feeling, it was a this was a cultural events in a place that defined a place for a while. So I went to there was two main stops that I I needed to make. So I did the Palace of Justice where the Nuremberg trials are held, which is probably one of the reasons everybody knows the city of Nuremberg at least should know if you paid attention in history class. So the top floor of that, there was a just a tour, like, you know, like an exhibit. Um, and I had the audio guide because everything was in German. So I listened to every single of like the six hundred different you know, you input the number on your thing. And of course it gave a little, you know, backstory, showed the documents that were presented, it talked about, you know, making sure the trial was fair and, and you didn't want this war to carry on to another war and stuff, all that stuff. So as I sat there on the floor of this exhibit or on the benches they had and I'm just listening, I'm just, you know, type it like 203 and it's just the whole document section was like the 200s probably went from like 200 to like 245 and every single document was just like, these are secretary notes from, you know, the meeting of this, the SS, the meeting of this, the meeting of that. And it was like, there was this, it was not, there was nothing hidden here. It's not like these documents hinted at some of the things we learned. It would be like line one secretary meeting of Hitler and Goebbels or whatever. The first thing that they say is like, we are the master race or, you know, we need the final solution. All these different things, all these like, I don't want to say buzzwords, but like words, terms you've heard of before. It was just like, oh, like there's, there's no hiding this. This is just what they, so the, the, this, these were used against them in the trial Um, So that was interesting. You got to read into the backstory of each of the people put on trial and then the subsequent trials for not the people necessarily tried at Nuremberg, because those were like top officials, but for just other people that benefited out the regime, contributed in some way. And that was really interesting to hear how a country can move on from something so horrible when, you know, not everybody in that country did all those bad things, but were a part of a system that wasn't doing, it was doing terrible things. So that was very interesting to hear about. And then you go down a floor into the the room itself, and they have like this drop down screen where they show a video. So you're sitting in like the gallery, and it drops down right before like like halfway through the room. So it's like the gallery is isolated from the rest, and it shows a video on the screen. And the screen's kind of transparent, so you could see it. Like pans around the room to who was there and what was there, and the room is just the same as what it was for the most part. They've added lights because they like the lighting situation has changed because back then to televise it they had to add in these these tv lights and that's why a lot of the people on trial are wearing sunglasses because the lights were so bright and hot but everything was pretty much the same as i'd seen a history class and it's one of those places it's not a big room it's it's a room i would say a little bigger than a classroom kind of like i know this is kind of a niche example but like an elementary school gymnasium. Like, very small. I can't really fit anything really in it. Um, And it was just... It was just something about that room that just really, like, hit me. And I sat there for a while. And I'd already been at this museum for, like, two and a half hours. Sat in there for a super long time just thinking about it all. And people were crying during the presentations and everything. And it was just heavy. It was very heavy. Everything was just... I don't know. It's hard to put words around it. That like feeling in the air. There was a feeling yeah. in the air, you know. And even I mean, they had certain benches, and they talked about the design of because the, they had to update the room to hold them, and they also had to update like the prison that was near it where they held everybody. Um, talked about the benches being on purposely just not ornate or anything, just ordinary benches the way they designed them because they didn't want like the benches for like the people accused or like the the accused for the accused so that was just fascinating and as much as the exhibit was cool until I actually sat down in the room it wasn't all that real yet um so that was pretty incredible following that I went and I got myself like a a euro (laughs) to eat and then I hopped on a train and I knew the Nazi party rally grounds were in Nuremberg right so I hopped on a train, and it's not like they're going to say on their metro signs, like, this stop is the rally grounds, you know?
1: Yeah, in the same way we're in Paris. It's like, here's the Eiffel Tower. Here's this, yeah. that, and the other. Like, when you're in this area, you're not going to be like, hey, this is where the atrocities of former generations mm-hmm. are. It's just not. Yeah, so I hopped
0: on a train, grabbed a scooter. Well, start, just started walking, and then I got a scooter, and then I walked again. And I walked by this carnival. Like just like think East like town fair. There's a Ferris wheel. There's one of those pendulum things that spins. Kids are screaming. There's cotton candy stands, hot dog stands, all this stuff. And in my head, I'm like, Am I even wrong? Right? Did I read the map wrong? I don't know. And I round the corner and I show up at this museum. And the museum's not really a museum. It's kind of just a. It's like a temporary shed kind of thing, and there's construction going on. And you know, like you know, outside construction sites, they have this pop-up areas where they have like the foreman and stuff kind of hang out yeah no i know, you what, know you what i'm mean. talking about yeah yeah they don't hang out but like that's like the office but the temporary office building.
1: are you talking like a not a trailer but sort of a trailer yeah kind of it's feeling? not
0: it's more of a permanent than a trailer yeah, yeah but yeah. you get what i'm saying so i walk in there and i'm like i give them i show my student id i'm like can i get a ticket they charge me like a euro 50 and i'm already at this point i'm i'm like this is weird i don't really know what i'm gonna see it doesn't really see, seem like there's much there but they're charging me And the other one, like it was, I got charged like a Euro 50 as well for the, for the palace of justice, which I think it's interesting not to, I I understand that the monetization is not making somebody money, but like paying at this place where I had just showed up and there didn't really seem to be anything. And I'm like, what am I, I was like, kind of like,
1: initially I was like kind of disappointed. Well, yeah, it's, it's one of those places where like you're going to a place that's so sad. So it's not like going to a. You know, a sporting event where they're going to have like mm. posters and signs and like athlete yeah. pictures of like where you're going to. Or I know yeah. that's like a, not a, it's a bad, ex- it's a bad example in the way that it's like inconsiderate, but like that, that's yeah. the way I describe it. You're not getting arrows. You're not getting, yeah, there's no grand entrance. There's nothing along those lines. Mm-hmm. But this even felt less so because there was a bunch of these big
0: buildings around, right? So I'm expecting to go into one of these buildings. I'm already kind of like, huh, that people, they point me in a direction i can't even really find the way to get in i get in and now i'm in the exhibit which is a temporary exhibit i believe it's called like the the it's a documentation center nazi party rally grounds is the building and it's under construction I can't, I can't really tell what's going on and then i start reading what's going on in this place and there's a big white like kind of um it's it's like a big white poster kind of it's the way you're describing it is like a warped wall. Yeah. Like, you know, like a, the American injury warped wall. It looks like that. But it's all white. A big white wall. And then there's these things sticking out of it. Okay. Like these little blocks. And then they start f- flashing a light on this wall. And it turns out that wall is the map of where we are. Okay. Okay.
1: And is this, this in a different style as compared to everything else? Or is it in the same? Is Was this wall there previous? Or is this a new No, this is like an exhibit. Like in, okay, it, okay, it's, okay. It's
0: not a wall, but it looks like a wall. Got it. got it got it and then it starts showing well this building was intended for that and it's used for this now this building is intended for that and used now and i come to realize that i was not at the egg the entrance or exit of a museum really i was really just at the center of its documentation center of kind of like if you were on a, uh, an olympic park and you walked into a little office and they were like oh this is where we had the Olympics so long ago, and that used to be this, and that used to be that, and those buildings over there used to house athletes. That's what it felt like, okay, right? So I realized that this diorama wall thing, these buildings, are basically the Nazi plan for like their Washington D.C. like mall, you know. So I look and I'm like, okay, this little block is where their Congress was supposed to be. This little block is where their, the German stadium was supposed to be. This road is the marching ground road. This little block is the where they would march. This is where the SS would meet. This is where the Hitler Youth would meet. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the middle of this. So I leave the building. I come to realize the building I was in was the Nazi Party Congress Hall. It was never finished. Um, it's like a big horseshoe kind of. Never finished. They never put a roof on it. It was eventually used as a like, think like an Amazon like think of like the post office or Amazon owning the building for a while it was used as storage,
1: not not Amazon but just not like that Amazon side.
0: but a company of that variety used for storage and now now this building they're building a museum into it in a in a very modern style and I come to realize the construction was think of like a glass shard going through a building that was gonna that is going to be the museum right. So the thinking behind that is, we're not going to build a museum in the same style that the Nazis built in. We're going to build something that contrasts the style so much as a you know, a symbolic and just a way to be anti that and be like, this is an objective center and not in any way honoring this. So I then I start, I realize there's a tour, like a self-guided tour to walk around these different things. Um, so I start walking and I come to realize... I keep on looking around, and I'm like, oh, okay. So this parking lot that's in front of me is not a parking lot. That's like the granite road that the Nazis built and would march their whole you know, form- military formations down. Okay, that's interesting. I look to the right. That carnival was like the main spot where they held rallies. I'm like, one of the main spots. was never finished. I turn, and I see a sign. I read it, and it's like this stone right here, which is the size of like a couch ottoman, was the cornerstone of the great German stadium, which was never finished. But I mean, they set a whole concentration camp up, like uh, labor camp up to mine all the granite for it. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I walk further and I come across this soccer stadium where FC Nuremberg plays, who's like, a, I think they're in the Bundesliga 2 right now, which is like their second tier soccer. They've been in the first tier. And I read the sign and it's like, yeah, this is where the Hitler youth used to meet. And I'm thinking, so this soccer stadium that's used today is in FIFA, the video game, is where the Hitler used used to meet? Interesting. I turn another left, and I come across a, like a train station. I'm like, okay, cool train station, people are arriving here, bus station kind of deal. Like, oh, this is where people were, you know, brought in to labor camps or brought in to rallies, and then it turned into a place where they would assemble people to get sent off to concentration camps. And the reason I'm telling the story like this is because this is the way I just discovering it all. but at the same time, I was like the only one looking at everything. every you're by yourself the whole. I was by myself and everybody else was just going about their lives. And I'm not, I wasn't mad at them or anything like that. It was just so bizarre that here I was at basically like a failed Washington D like DC mall. I was like in a basically a failed mall uh, area because there's supposed to be all these monuments. And then I, I, all these signages would literally be like pictures I saw in my textbook with them holding like the red and white and black, you know, banners. And I'm like, okay, this is a park now. And there's a soccer game going on in this park. And the whole thing was just this eerie feeling of what actually happened here. And it's all now so different, but it's still here. It's like the bones are still here,
1: but the body around it decomposed.
0: Do you get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, it's very, it's it's a very tough thing in terms yeah. of, and I think the one of the cooler things in the way you're describing it is the way how architecture plays a role mm-hmm. in so many things. The way you perceive, like the, just some people like to replicate. I mean, if you look at our government, government buildings in the United States, they're replicated out of what, like Greek and Roman style, mm-hmm. because it's supposed to, the ideas of democracy back then brought into now, and like all this stuff. And then you have certain places where you want to make it look like it's the past and then in this is one of the rare instances where you're purposely going modern not because you're in the modern age but because you want to starkly contrast from what was there mm-hmm. it's very fascinating yeah i think even the, what you said about the benches too made me think just the idea of when you're in a courtroom and you're looking at the judge the type of seat he's sitting in matters yeah. so much just to your mindset like if you think about the Pope, like Pope Francis doesn't really wear a lot of like ornate stuff and how that has such an, an impression on the way he is perceived by certain people while mm-hmm. other popes were wearing like the crazy cool hats. And to be fair, if I was a Pope, I'd have a crazy hat, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. the idea of what you perceive in terms of like buildings, you know, just the, the table, the chair itself has such an impact on you. Mm-hmm. Um it, It's very cool. That yeah. idea.
0: And so then I, I as I, Continue to read all the signs that were there, I'm not saying they weren't there, they were, you come to realize how the city has to grapple with not only the war and the devastation and all that stuff, and then occupation and Cold War and all that stuff. They have to grapple with the fact that this was the seat of a lot of it, of the Nazi Party specifically. And so as much as they want to move on, it's not right for them to just tear things down I know there was one thing that was torn down in, like, the 70s. They cited infrastructure problems, and people were like, that's BS. Um, it may have had problems, but it's still important that it's there. Um, I continued on my walk, and I there's this grand open field surrounded by, like, a track. And this was, like, the main, if you ever see Hitler at, like, a podium, and there's, like, it seems like marble behind him, and, like, the red and white and black banners that kind of drape down, this was that. But now that open field had, like, American football, like, goalposts in it. And, like, the U.S. Army, when they occupied there, used it as, like, a recreation ground. The one that used to have, like, the marble, like, swastika on the top, the U.S. Army blew it up. Uh, But they also hold, like like, a stock car race there, which is growing. It's more controversial because it's, like, you're using the infrastructure and was this put on to, like, so we could ignore what happened here. Are we repurposing it? It's difficult. And when I the more and more I read, the more and more it seems that they the city realized that they had two things they have to they two things they wanted to do. One, they had to not turn this into something that like neo Nazis and stuff would come back to. Um, which will get like to in Berlin while there's not like a memorial for like Hitler's bunker or like where he died there's not like a, there's not really anything they don't want it to become that but at the same time it's in the background of all their photos it's it's valuable infrastructure that they can use and they can't just ignore it anymore. So going forward they're trying to incorporate it as a this is what happened but we're moving on type deal. Um, but I'd say of all the experiences I've had so far, especially I was alone after being with everybody for a while. I was very much, it's not, Nuremberg is not like a tourist highlight. I mean, it was a highlight to me, but it's not like a hotspot. It was one of the coolest places I'd ever been. Um, And it was something that I would definitely go back to. I would definitely recommend people go to because the feelings that you can feel in the air and whether you have to grapple with and understand is something that I don't think you can really find
1: elsewhere. Yeah, I, I wish I got to go the way you've described it. It seems very interesting. Now, would you say this feeling you had around was a like a there is no war in Bossing kind of feel? Or was it more of like a... Like, did you feel like no one else was recognizing what was going on around you? Or was it just they had done it earlier in their lives and they were trying to move on kind of thing? I think it was kind of just like they had moved on to...
0: Not moved... I don't want to say moved on to like a negative connotation, but this was a part of their lives. Like a lot of these people who were born into a city, lived in a city that these things were just there, yeah. You know,
1: well, but, the, yeah. a great example of this this entire what you're describing is the movie Jojo Rabbit, because it's like the Hitler Youth stuff is so interesting to me. It always has been, and that if you haven't seen that movie, it's like yeah, it's a definitely it's a good watch. It's like the, there's certain people that were just born into it, where the, like the main character is his imaginary friend is Hitler. Yeah, so it's like a whole. It's very very. Would you consider the movie funny? it's satirical yeah yeah it's very yeah satirical is the word so it's just a lot of stuff like that where like this is where it happened like how where are we gonna do it from here kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so that that seems very interesting i I always want to go to the eagle's nest which is like hitler's like uh i don't even know how to describe like his getaway Yeah, it's like summer house it's like overlooking i really want to go there for kind of the same feeling Mm -hmm. and i think we're gonna get that feeling in other places too Mm -hmm. um
0: Because it wasn't, it wasn't like a, I mean, we haven't gone Auschwitz yet. It wasn't one of those feelings where everybody there is sad and taken aback and reflecting. This was a place that had a bad history and now they have to use the land and the infrastructure in certain ways. I mean, one of the, one of the places where it used to house people that were going to the rallies, then it turned into a concentration camp. Now it got leveled and is like a housing development. It's I, I don't think it's similar to it's in, it's kind of similar to I guess if you have certain plantation buildings in the south of America that are now used for other things. Or like this college campus low used to be a so and so it was built by slaves. It was that type of deal in certain respects, but it was just so much it's really it was like this is not that old. These buildings don't seem like past, past, past buildings. These are buildings built
1: not that long ago, yeah. It's it's pretty nuts. It's mm. I mean it's it's one of those things I think the, the city planners like that's gotta be a, a th- tough job, a nightmare situation because whatever you do, you're gonna to get criticism from someone somewhere. And mm-hmm. I think that's with any building. Like you put any building up anywhere, someone's like, "Oh, this is this is ugly. This is too modern. This is too whatever, whatever." But even here, it's like you're going from ignoring. Are you gonna recognize the extent where you can't move on? are you going to ignore it as if it never happened and where's like the heavy medium in there yeah
0: it's like we're not getting caught up on it we're just honoring the people that died we're not honoring the people that did it but we're still keeping preserving it as documentation over overall it was just it was a it was kind of a chilling feeling for me i hope i described it well no you did a good job you didn't tell me a lot of this information before so i feel like you did a good job yeah so yeah, and then after that, I just went home. Um, <laughs> I bought myself a mezzo mix, which is like, I didn't know at the time, like a German soda. It's a mix of like orange soda and Coke. I drank that on the train, got a pretzel, went home to Munich. So, um, yeah. On, I guess, a lighter note, we then went... Yeah, on to more fun stuff. On to more fun stuff. We then took a train from Munich to Leipzig, Germany. Uh, why we stopped in Leipzig, the city you've probably never heard of. It's in eastern Eastern Germany. Well, there's a soccer team there, soccer team that, football, that um, former Ketchum, Wappingers Falls native, captain of the United States national team, Tyler Adams, who is just a couple of years older than us, played on when he was in Germany. So he played on RB Leipzig.
1: It's a football team there that is sponsored by Red Bull, but not really. There And it's a weird thing in the Bundesliga, which is like the German top league mm-hmm. um, for football, or soccer but we're going with football we're going okay we'll go with football yeah football uh you can't have a team that's owned privately it has to be like 50 50 split right that's what it is the rule is the 50 plus one so the team has to be a majority owned by the fans by the fans necessarily so red bull if you look up rb Leipzig, you see the red bull logo mixed with a soccer crest and you can't really avoid that Mm -hmm. but the idea of a major corporate sponsor like owning a team is just not something they like yeah so so it's it's their main sponsor just happens to be red bull and like their mascot just happens to be the red bulls Mm -hmm. and the word rb for like rb leipzig could stand for red bull but it stands for rosin ball sport which is just like field lawn lawn ball sport i think it is um i was trying to think of like an american equivalent like if you made a baseball team uh like what would you i don't know i mean you'd have to like like, let's say, okay, so in Korea or uh, Korea or Japan, they have, like, the the LG team. Like, well, they have like, the Kia Tigers and, like, the Samsung Lions. But, like, that would be saying, like, if you had LG, like, the company had a team, like, let's say the LG Twins or something. But it was, like, long day game. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was very funny. Yeah, to
0: put it more into perspective, because I think the city of Leipzig, I'll just go out and say it was rainy and kind of boring when we went there.
1: Yeah, well, I think the, the weather kind of did Germany did, dirty. Did, did to didn't know family.
0: Yeah. But to describe, just to explain the Red Bull soccer thing. So Red Bull's strategy to get into, I'm going to say soccer, to get into soccer was instead of just being a major sponsor of a stadium or a shirt sponsor, we want to build teams. So they build uh, like Red Bull, like New, the New York Red Bulls in the MLS. They have RB, Sol, Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bulls Brazil. There's a couple other ones I'm not naming. But then they decided to go into German football. They initially wanted to buy a couple of the teams at the top of their pyramid. Couldn't do so. Eventually, everything gets bounced around. They're thinking in different locations. and they realize Leipzig has a, a stadium, doesn't have a major team, and it has co- licenses that they can buy. So they buy the, like the sporting license, the government document, from kind of a failing club. Then they buy the youth academy of another club. Then they buy. Then they play at the field of another club that are all like in the Leipzig area. They start out, I believe, in like the fifth tier of German football. Then they just make their way up the ladder, and they were founded in two thousand nine. And by twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty two, they're in the Champions League final or semifinal, which is almost as the best you can get in club football.
1: Yeah, it's like creating a a team from the Hudson Valley and then moving into the Renegade Stadium and then getting boosted all the way up to being in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a great example. It's as if you, the Renegades were failing
0: and you bought the Renegades and then you bought the hit-and-run Highlanders Youth Academy and then you. next thing you know you're playing in Binghamton and the next, or the next thing you're at the level of the Bing- Binghamton team and the next thing you know you're at the level of the Syracuse Mets and the next thing you know you're playing at your – city field right right so
1: and there's a reason so a lot of people hate the team we like the team we just like the team because i i don't know i think that that story in itself is cool and i've i've been on a big i'm a free agent in terms of my european um team spot mm-hmm. like associations soccer, soccer allegiances because i don't want to go i don't want to be like i like holland i like man city and then go to man city and not like it mm-hmm. and we're not going to get to manchester when we're here so there's a lot of things and also like, being a Mets fan, if I were to like Manchester United, would it be like someone from here liking the Yankees? Mm. Like, in my mind, that's just kind of how it is. Mm. So, I, I think I've become a RB Leipzig fan, but I'm not. And also, I guess I would say Leeds, just because of a lot of Americans on the team, but yeah, I don't know. It might, might have been their strategy, so I don't know why I would, if I want to get got like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but overall, Leipzig, the game was a lot of fun. The game itself was actually... Well, I think it's noteworthy that we wanted to get food and beers, and we got beers and we got food, but they didn't have like chicken tenders or they kind of had burgers, but it wasn't like a thing. And obviously I'm not gonna get chicken tenders. Like that's, that's an America thing, but their equivalent wasn't just a hot dog. It was this thing called curry worst. So it was just French fries next to like chopped up hot dog. Drenched in like this curry, curry sauce, ketchup. It was, it was 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 good, not great. Good, not great. But the funny thing was all the girls who were, sorry, all the concession stands in front of us as we're standing, like, Five feet back looking at the simplest menu board in the history of ever, were all girls our age. So they're all just like blankly staring at us and giggling. Did you did you recognize this? Yeah, those? they were making fun of us. They were they were definitely like making fun of us because we were just like, How could you be struggling with this menu? And there's three things three, three things on it, and there's three prices next to it. Yeah. So uh but we got really good seats. Matt ended up finding seats that were Twelve, like 12 euros a piece. 12 euros a piece that were like the front row. And it's because they were sort of in the away section and if you don't know really fast like soccer fans get so crazy that they have to be separated on one side and the other side so there's like a home stand and away stand and the team that rb leipzig was playing wasn't that good so their away fan section got reduced so we were kind of yeah, like it's the, not
0: like a half and half it's more like the home team gets seven eighths and there's usually an eighth dedicated to the other team but because this team kind of sucked they were kind of squeezed into like a 32nd of the stadium Not even a 16th. So we were kind of sitting in there. We were sitting in like the
1: extra part where if it was RB Leipzig versus Bayern Munich, there's no way we would be able to show up in that section with anything Red Bull associated. Anything red colored. Right.
0: Uh, Well, actually, well, Bayern is red. But I'm saying like if it was Borussia Dortmund, we would have to be in yellow and black.
1: Right, right. Uh, So that was really cool. We were so close. We were the first row. We were the first row. There was a bunch of the corner kicks from our area. We got to see a bunch of cool uh, goals. Um, They won 3 1, right? 3-1, Three one, yeah, it was it was a really really fun game, and we got to see where we were sitting. The opposite side was the Red Bull fans, like the rowdy ones. So we got to see them like chanting and singing songs, and that's one thing that's really really cool about um, soccer over here. Mm-hmm. And this was definitely a world class stadium. Well, it was built for the World Cup, right? That's what you said. I believe so.
0: Twenty six was there. Twenty two thousand six was the World Cup, right? Because yeah, yeah. So. Two thousand six World Cup, I believe, was built for. Compared to the Florentina Stadium, this was definitely like this could have been a football stadium in the United States.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It was the one thing I've liked about here. I mean, I've only been to two, so RB Leipzig and OH Leuven, is it doesn't feel so commercialized in the sense that like you're getting got. Like, obviously, it's gonna be a little bit more expensive, like a beer or like food. But I, I don't know. In the United States, it really feels like you get in there and they're like preying on you in terms of like merchandise and food and the tickets you get. Are you had to get them on Ticketmaster, and there was a twenty dollars upcharge, and it's so dumb. And you have to sneak your way down to a nicer section. Like the ones we've gone to, at least I mean, maybe soccer is maybe easier than like baseball, but the seats have been very good. I mean, we couldn't get better seats than we had. No, we but even at the Louvain game, yeah. we asked for the cheapest tickets, and we were still so close to the action. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't really throwing the advertising in your face. They weren't really throwing like beer sponsors in your face. It was I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. I, I wish. I kind of wish the American, I want to say baseball, football, all that stuff was a little less like of a money-making profit. Yeah. Like the evaluations of these teams now is just insane in comparison to like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, well, the commanders are going to sell for like 5 billion. Yeah. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. They're terrible. Terrible. They have no stadium. They have no roster. Brand new team. Yeah. Or, or br- sorry, brand new like um, logos and identity that the, most of the fans don't even like. I really enjoyed that part about it. I do like the year. Like, over like here, even I despite being it. in the most corporatized major league team in, in the Europe. German league as in a knockoff Red Bull, Red Bull team, it was still like, I mean, they just had commercials about Red Bull, but like, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I it, it gets to the point where I don't mean to rant and I know we're, we've been talking for a while, but the fact that the Mets have like a Jersey ad, like seriously, like seriously. And he's visibly angry right now. Like, I, we play the Padres, and I'm watching it, and I'm trying to describe to, like, my friends here about, you know, the Padres. We played in the playoffs last year. But, it, no, it's New York Presbyterian versus Motorola. And then you watch a Red Sox game. It's Mass Mutual versus... We're playing the Marlins is ADT. Yeah. It's, like, so... It's so aggravating to me. Like, why why do we have to touch all these, like... Put, I hate, I hate put the it, ads put, on the back of the mound or in the basketball court that are digital. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, all right. Name the stadium. Fine. Name stuff and put it on the center field wall. Fine. Maybe put it on the back of the mound. Fine. But why do we got to touch the jerseys? Why do, why do I have to want to see a Marlins game where they're wearing retros? They're wearing jerseys that are from 1995 and they have an ADT patch on them. Like, why do we have to do that? Well, I mean, so, but I will add, I know soccer, soccer has, has them on the front. Yeah, I guess. But it
0: just... The whole experience... what I'll say, but we'll wrap this up and move on to Berlin. It did feel a little less corporate being in the most corporate of the bundesliga teams it felt more of a
1: fan experience where they cared about the fans than i did a money making operation yeah like the only reason why i consider like camden yards like a family friendly or a student friendly environment is because they're not very good so the tickets are cheap and they have one section of their stadium where there's no seating so you can just walk right up to the wall mm-hmm. but like when you go to yankee stadium and also we're a yankee stadium hating podcast by the way yeah we're, you go to Yankee stadium and you get a seat. Like I got seats for like 80 bucks that were like in right field. And like, we could mess with like Aaron judge and stuff, but still, you still feel so far away from the field at all times here. We were, I could have spit and almost hit the, hit the guy on the corner kick. Like it just, mm. I don't know. It, yeah. it, it gets me, it gets me angry. Got it.
0: So moving on to Berlin, uh, we make our way to Berlin and which was, you know, just train out of
1: Leipzig to Berlin. No big deal. Well, yeah. whoa, whoa! One thing, one more thing we have to mention about Leipzig is we went to the train station with all of our stuff and our uh, locker that we got didn't print the receipt because ha- they have like train lockers we can put all your stuff. They didn't print us a receipt, so we had to like find random workers in the <laughs> in the train station and get them to open the English. machine up, like oh, like open the entire machine up, print it, put new paper in the roll, print it. And then they were like, no, we can't do that. You're just going to have to come back later in the day and we'll help you. But I will say the process, like they made it easier. The language barrier was hard, but they made it easier than trying to get something out of a splashdown locker. Do you remember when back in the day we'd go to splashdown and you mm. lose your key? Yeah. Yeah. It was easier than that, but it was just, it was not like a good way to start off. We were like, okay, we'll put our stuff down. Now let's get after it. And we're like, oh no, our stuff is locked in this metal box and we can't get out." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now under Berlin.
0: So Berlin, I thought was going to be, I thought we were going to be, oh my goodness, I wish we had more time. We completed everything we wanted to pretty quickly. Uh, So we did the Berlin Wall Museum. There's a section of the Berlin Wall but it's like pretty much entirely conserved, like the different, because there's different walls. Uh, well, like, What was your first impression on the Berlin Wall? Well, at first it was just like a line in the ground and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then you saw the actual parts of it, which was neat. But then when you actually get to the one section that's preserved, it's like, whoa, this is an actual
1: barrier with guard towers and fence and concrete. I I think uh, a misconception is the fact that the wall's height and the idea that it's not just one wall. Yeah, it's multiple walls. It's multiple walls where it's like a, a zone as if there's one wall where it's much higher and then there's like boundary lines on the other side of the walls and that guard towers so it wouldn't be as simple as like trying to parkour up a wall and then you're into a different part of the city yeah you'd have to like land not on a big spike hopefully not get shot Dog, at dogs at you dogs shot at and then get over another fence that has big spikes on it so it was a whole yeah it was it was fascinating though i mean i've always been so interested in the cold and stuff so to see that was very very cool
0: uh, yeah, and we, we kind of showed up to a part of the memorial, uh, it wasn't like the museum, but it was kind of like the, the, just the, the complex, I guess you'd say, where they had a lot of the buildings that were like kind of built into the wall, like they've kind of used the buildings as part of the wall. Oh yeah, that was fascinating. Certain people would like use them to get in and out and you saw some of the escape routes, which was pretty neat. There's one main church that was kind of a s- symbol of like freedom, like it was kind of like it
1: was like right behind the wall, and then they just decided to like blow it up uh, at one point. Yeah, so it was right on the other side of East Germany. So you would see if you're standing in West Germany, where you can practice religion, you can freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and then you look over at this one beautiful church that's just standing behind this pillar with guards out in front of it, not allowed to practice, not allowed to this, that, and the other. That was very interesting to see, mm-hmm. and the the use of the wall, or sorry, the use of the buildings was very cool too, because I think. One thing that maybe doesn't get taught enough, or at least I didn't feel like it got taught enough, is the fact that, okay, it divided the city, but like it it wasn't like there was a space already for them to divide the city. Like they had to move certain buildings, destroy certain buildings, section off certain train stations to make this happen. So it really felt like it was a block. Like it felt like as if we were you were walking on the street in in New York and just all of a sudden, bam, can't go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. It was fascinating to see the way they described how people around it had to adapt and how it was built up in stages the berlin wall but it was like using the actual side of the building for a while that was really cool mm-hmm. then we hit
0: the topography of terror museum which is just you know all the how the nazi party gained game gain, how the nazi party gained power gained influence got normal ordinary people to do terrible things and covered a lot of their tragedies that's uh, something we could spend, like, hours on. Yeah. Something. It was something... That's a definite go. 100% go. It's inside and outside. We kind of... I don't want to say... We didn't speed through the outside, but the outside was just a lot of the same as the inside. So the inside was very in-depth. Um, the one thing I want to touch on in there, obviously, you know, the mass extermination of Jewish people, that's uh, party. Everybody knows about that. But I feel like whenever we're taught, it's always kind of like, oh, yeah, and they also killed, like, homosexuals and... The gypsies, which I didn't even know what the term is. And then meant. a couple others. And like a couple other people. It's like, oh, it's kind of like they're added on. And to be in the museum and they had like an independent section for each one, like the, gy- the gypsy people, or like the Roma and the Santini, I think, as we pronounce it, they talked about each of their histories. And then it put, puts the number into perspective of these people and the different ways they were targeted. The section on like the homosexuals was like really like interesting because. Oh yeah, those stories were insane. the stories were crazy, and it would be people like just snitching on other people for no like for no reason. What was the story? The guy like went up to the guard and he was like, "No, it was like somebody who wrote like an anonymous note that was like, i 'I'm not gonna accuse some, let's say Mark Smith of anything, but him and his and his friend Will have lived in that house, and I've never seen a- either of them bring a girl in there in the past three years. Please keep my name anonymous.' And the note, of course, is not anonymous. It's signed like you know Wendy Sue or whatever." She's uh, like just snitching on a dude for no reason, and it was just it was just fascinating to see how warped people's mentalities can get to carry out these crimes. The section on people with disabilities was just that. That was like oh. one thing I've I've never felt more like I was just discomfort. Felt, I felt gross to my absolute core the way all the propaganda was set up. The one there was one I guess poster or I don't know what piece of propaganda that was like. In a picture of, I don't know, I don't know what mental, I don't know what their disability was, but it was like, we, as a German people, spend this much amount of money on these people. Like, are they worth it? Like, That's exactly def- what it said. It's defining a, good- a person with disabilities by a number and asking people, is this number worth it or not?
1: Well, there was a picture of this, like, the t- like the prototypical German holding up, like, an eye, bo- eye beam. And on one half, he's like struggling because there's someone with a mental handicap sitting on it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we fund our schools to make our country great. And you're going to like, it wasn't like uh, the government saying these people are wrong. I mean, there was a lot of that, but it was like a, are you really going to let this slide? Yeah. Like a, a message to the people of, are you really going to let this go on in your, in our, your our school, land, your town, in your, are, like where are in you our like, land? Yeah which was nuts. Like that, that was just like crazy to me. All the I mean, all the propaganda, like you always see, I feel like you always kind of see the same ones, like the same message. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'm, I'm fascinated personally, which is a different topic, is uh, like the USSR's propaganda, like the idea of strength and like all like the, they banned art, but they had graphic design. So that stuff's really, really interesting to me. And like the parodies of that are very interesting. But the ones we saw here, I've never seen before, mm-hmm. and especially those. It was so targeted. Like it, in the same way, that the the united states enlistment poster is so targeted how it's like pointing at the person reading it that's what it felt like without pointing like these are like are you you personally as someone who is quote unquote in the right gonna let these wrongs happen around you Mm -hmm. and they would give you like i guess you would say statistics to try to back it up
0: yeah it was just also and then they also broke down the atrocities committed in each country that they invaded um it was just a lot of just very, very in-depth. And I thought, the disabled, the, the section on people with disabilities is the one that really hit me the most. I did watch a, oh, I think, I don't know if it was over COVID or just last winter break. I watched a show. It's on Netflix. It's a German TV show called Charity at War. Um, it's a charity's like the hospital in Berlin. And there's a whole, there's a bunch of storylines involving that where, like, there's two doctors and they have a kid. And their kid has some, like, birth defects. And they're not genetic birth defects. But then the dad wants to like kill the kids so that they can have more kids and not be labeled as like genetically inferior, and there's the whole concept of like genetic hygiene and all this stuff. When you're actually seeing these
1: pictures, they have like an eye chart out next to this girl's eye to make sure she's like German enough. Oh yeah, I saw that. Just, pic- uh. I think I took a picture of that one actually because it was like so stark in my mind mm. that these people had to go. In the same way, we'd go to a school physical to do- play basketball. Or they're just like making sure you can move your arm into your skull. Yeah. It was like, you're going to come down to the general hospital and we're going to make sure that your hair is enough like this and your facial structure is enough like that and the color of your eyes. It was, oh goodness. It, it, a lot of stuff in this museum, like it, when I say it's a must go, there's so much information and also it really put you into it. Mm-hmm. The start of it was the rise of it. And I, I felt. The, the best stone museum was like really good in the way it was like at first it kind of seemed justified and then at the end completely unjustified like i'm from the German perspective mm-hmm. like the idea how people could be brainwashed and here was kind of the same thing for me so you kind of saw like the slow rise of it and then how people were in it and then it was like just a perfect example of well now that we're in it and you can't say anything against us like how are you going to stop it kind of thing mm-hmm. it, it was gross it, it, it's a perfect example of when you can't have like freedom of expression or speech or or protest no no time in human history has the idea of repressing someone's speech whether you like it or dislike it has gone well I mean this is the perfect example because you can act like I wasn't part of this I wasn't part of that like if you were like in the area when it was going on because they made it so difficult for you to try to do anything positive Mm -hmm. like you wouldn't even have an ally to be like can you believe like like, even if you don't agree about something the government was saying like if you made fun of this is a bad example, but like, let's say we were in Germany and it was like, Hitler said some wild stuff. And then you not, you don't even disagree with it because you're just brainwashed, but you said some wild thing about like, maybe he stumbled or fell or tripped or something. They can report you and then you just go away. Like mm-hmm. it it's crazy. It, all of it was, it was so, so worthwhile. And I, it makes them so happy that I got to see all these things because it makes you like, I, I've, I jokingly say it a lot, but like the freedom isn't free concept, like here especially really hit me. The idea, like, and and, and all of it was, like, out of their control. Like, the people who they were being persecuted on, which is, like, what you really, really saw. You really saw that. What do you mean out of control? Like, they couldn't, the way that they had let
0: themselves get into this political situation and they had no power to combat it kind of thing?
1: Yeah, in the sense that, like, if you were just living there and for generations your family lived there, like, you're not just going to want to, like, flee. And then it gets to the point where around you you're just trapped in a world that hates you for just being you
0: oh yeah yeah, i see what you're saying i see what you're saying like
1: uh, the movie the pianist we've i've only watched it's one of my favorite movies because it's so well done but i've only watched it once i I think i watched it one and a half times because it's so sad but it it's like so sad to be depressed for like days but it's such a good movie Mm -hmm. um it's because they show like the slow rise of it because it doesn't just seem like these the nazis were implanted and then why didn't you like kind of flee or whatever it's like slowly slowly the government was slowly taking away your rights slowly taking away your rights now you have to wear this on your arm and like this distinction of that distinction mm-hmm. like one of the pictures i took um was the the badges people had to wear and like it was like a in the same way you like a captain of a sports team would wear like a c it was like this person if you're this this and this you it have to it it was different colors and different triangles different on triangles the triangles yeah. and numbers it was oh man it was crazy
0: mm-hmm. so moving after that we went to checkpoint charlie which i don't want to say it was disappointing but it was uh, just like kind of in the middle of a street and there was a McDonald's and a KFC and a hard rock cafe right next to it um still was a cool thing to see though the tear garden was this park where they had a bunch of memorials there um the one they had one for kind of each population targeted in the holocaust um some of them were cool some of them I thought they could have done a better job personally there was like this victory column that they put up after World War One, I, I believe, or no, sorry, unification but, of Germany, unification of Germany, which was this very tall column, which was pretty neat to see. Uh, we walked by Hitler's bunker where it used to be, and it's literally a parking lot, which is good. It's just a parking lot and a yeah, sign there that's that, just
1: like, "Hey, by the way, this is here." But yeah, so it was a, it must have been some governmental building, but during the bombing of Berlin and the idea of the Soviets and the allies or the Americans getting to Berlin. Um, when the war was over, they got rid of like everything in this area. They dug up every piece of foundation and then they built like other affordable housing around it and other things. So where Hitler is believed to be died, where he committed suicide is just a parking lot. So like mm-hmm. definitely like the, the longitude and latitude where this happened there's probably like a Kia Soul sitting in a parking lot right now. Like yeah. it's it's, which is the way it was supposed to be, but it was it was very fascinating. Um, the
0: memorial to the murdered Jews of Europe. It was interesting what we saw in the,
1: the actual museum part. There of was it. a museum under it which we didn't know was there, and then which is we very fascinating. Them. But the one thing there's a lot of controversy. That I was, as I was looking up like researching for us to talk right now, um, there's a lot of controversy with this uh, museum. If you look it up, what is it called exactly? It's called the memorial to the murdered jews of europe right if you look that up it's a very interesting architectural design where it's supposed to like represent column or sorry coffins, coffins or gravestones i guess you would say coffins is the better word coffins is the better word, but it's done like in such an artistic way that you might find people taking pictures there mm. which kind of throws you it's like this is not the point of this at all Mm -hmm. um but yeah i definitely look it up it's very interesting to see and i'd say it was worth to go um yeah yeah it was cool um
0: i think that was pretty much all we hit in berlin there was things popping here and there see a memorial see a little plaque here and there oh the there's the gateway
1: uh what's it called what's it called oh there's some major gateway in berlin that we went through and there was like
0: and there was a julian assange protest and then a Ukraine, and Ukraine protests and then one about recognizing, what was it, Polish heroes in World War II or something like that. There's like three different protests going on and it was very... Like, you yeah, we we walked into it like, what is happening? What is going on? <laughs> it was very funny. So then following that, we did not get a hostel for the second night on purpose because we were like, our flight's at 6 a.m. tomorrow. We may as well just stay out. So we looked at our f- phones and it was like seven. It's like, all right, we have 11 hours to kill. So we watched a little NBA in a bar, and then we just made our way to the airport before TSA even opened. I got to say, people in the airport that early
1: are just so dumb. It was just mustache, man, bro. I'm about to go off on mustache, man. We we flew Ryanair, and that was like the only flight that was going out. So it was a bunch of us sitting in the check-in area, just mm-hmm. waiting for them to like actually you know, walk in with their morning coffee, open up the, the machines, and get after it. We get into this big line where Matt's trying to drop off his piece of checked bag, and And nobody
0: realizes you can just scan the barcode and send it through. They all want to talk to the clerk.
1: I don't know. It was just, it was just tough. Some people were trying to hand them stuff without ever like registering the bag, and then certain people had like trying to give them their entire life story, and it was like, have Have none of you ever been in an airport before? And I know that sounds very harsh, because it was six a.m. and I hadn't slept in like 36 hours but i just this mustache man i, I will never forget mustache man and it, i he must think i'm such a mean person but as matt is using one of the there's about 45 different of these bag checking yeah the bag checking things where you you print out a boarding not scan a boarding your pack.
0: boarding pass it prints out a little ticket you wrap the ticket around the handle of your luggage you
1: scan it, it goes on a conveyor belt and it's on the plane yes so there's like 45 sections before that and this guy walks up to us and he's like in German, says something. And then in English, he goes, Do these work? As no, Matt, he's like, he's trying to t- he's trying to move me off my machine. Yeah, he's trying to get sorry, he's trying to like intercept Matt so he can take the machine. While, I'm like, dude, what? It's like going to the Walmart checkout and you're checking out in the self checkout. And they try to steal it from you. And I'm like, there's sixteen other openings. Yeah, ones. so I walked to like the one next to it and just palmed the green light flashing on the top. I go, Green means go. Green is open. Green means open, and the guy goes, "Oh, okay," and then he walks over, and then he caused an issue in TSA. And oh, mustache man. Yeah. So eventually we got on our flight, got home, and just like slept. But I will
0: say, we've flown a lot during our time here. I've had I've been like felt up by security every once in a while. I've had my hands swiped for bomb material. Um, we're we're not obviously not talking about Ireland today. We did went to Ireland. There's a whole problem with my bag there. It's not even 6 in the morning yet. It's like 5 in the morning. I'm like the third guy through TSA. I walk through and you have to stand. You know in, in the U.S. you stand with your arms above your head and it does a little for three seconds and you're good. Here you have to stand with your like palms facing towards the back of you so the top, like, the back of your so hand is it forward. You're kind of dancing. So I'm like, this is odd. So I step out of it and I look at the screen and the screen is green. Like green, you're good. And the guy proceeds to come up to me and is like, "Ah, oh, I got to like check you. And I'm like, all right, whatever. He's like, just pat me down slightly. The dude is just feeling up, just feeling me up. I'm just, stop. Like, I, it's like, buy me dinner first, at least. Buy me breakfast because it's five in the morning. Can you not just like feel me, like grope me? I was I almost wanted to swing on the guy, but I wasn't going to swing on German TSA. But yeah, on that note, I will say, as angry as I still am, That I got felt up by that dude. I think I hit the Germany trip that we did. Myself personally, I hit a number of historic cities. I went to a soccer game. I saw some modern stuff. I saw the the Alps. I saw castles. I ate hot dogs. I ate sausages. I ate sauerkraut and pretzels. I had a bunch of other German beers and everything. I saw the love of my life.
1: I wish I caught her name, but overall, Germany... Ten out of ten, it was a, a great time. It was a great time. We mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the first Munich section was with uh, Rachel, Ian, and then uh, Ian's parents, and they were, they couldn't have been nicer to us. Yeah, shout out all, Ra- all four. Shout out all of them. They were awesome to us. So nice. A lot it was of, great hanging out with them. A lot of funny conversations, um, conversations in the bar, interactions with the people around us. It was just, it was a really good time. Um, it was a nice. Nice way to taper off like the family interaction because Italy was so much seeing the family and it was so nice. And then just to have that like cuts right away, like when I got back, it would have
0: stunk if it was immediately alone.
1: So it was a nice like transition where we still got to talk to Rachel because I didn't get to talk to Rachel a tremendous amount in Rome. And then getting to know Ian, there's still so much we don't know about him. And then just meet Ian's parents is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, they casually were like, My something like our relatives were in the CIA, and we were like, What? That's so much cooler than the conversation I've been having for the last five minutes with you about my college experience. Like, mm. I want to hear more about you. Um, yeah. So, thanks for listening. I know this was a long one, but it was a good one. So, there's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff we've gotten to do, man. If you yeah. got the chance, go to Germany. Go to Germany. Drink more than just beer. Berlin, or sorry, uh, Dublin, next episode. Peace.